Welcome, everybody, to the 22nd episode of Chelsea Against the World, the podcast that brings together an American and an Englishman to discuss all things Chelsea Football Club. I'm your host, Manny. And I'm your other host, Simon. And we are very excited to be joined today by our friend, Valer Shabila, a real pillar of the Nashville soccer community and brave Arsenal fan coming (laughs) into the podcast. Valer, welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I got to say, after Arsenal winning the prestigious Community Shield, um, I'm in high spirits today, you know. The big one. The big, yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Such an entertaining match, right? It was just enthralling from minute one to the end, you know. Yeah. It was just the best I've ever seen Man City play in the first half. Real high stakes as well. It was good. It was real good. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We're really excited. This is the next in our series of talking to some opposition fans to get a bit of a, a scope on where we are in the season. Um, so... We are off the back after your lovely afternoon watching or lovely morning watching Arsenal beat Manchester City. We had a Chelsea barbecue yesterday for our pre-season for for the Nashville community. So Manny was our head chef and host for it. So Manny, are you recovering today? I'm actually recovering, and um, it was it was a lot of fun. Good food, good turnout, good people, and uh, it was actually we started on Friday. Simon came to my house to help prep for the barbecue, and let me just tell you something. I've never seen an Englishman handle meat as bad as Simon. <laughs> it was it, just trying to see him cut chicken was hilarious. We're, in, we're notorious for being bad meat preparers. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great. We made some ribs, Korean braised ribs, pulled pork, which Valera had some this morning, and then uh, had smoked chicken that Simon prepared, and we made a couple sauces. And no one's delicious. got salmonella yet, which that's is a true. real bonus. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, to hit that 48-hour mark there. Yeah, that's true. Valer, so you are obviously a big Arsenal supporter. Right. What's the Arsenal community like in Nashville? It's honestly bigger than I ever thought it was. It was. Uh, I've been involved with the Arsenal community for about 10 years now here in Nashville. So I've lived in Nashville for 14 years. And, and you know, when I found out that there was even a community, right, it was, this is back in the day, um, you know, the internet wasn't as, you know, streaming was still around, but it yeah. wasn't like, like what it is right now. So um, it, it's a pretty big community. I would say probably the biggest or maybe the second biggest Premier League following in, in Nashville area uh, for Arsenal. Um, and obviously last season helped huge with that because when you got the thing with with uh, Nashville is that it's a trans, transplant city, right? So yeah. you got all these people moving in from different cities. First thing they do is they try to find common interest. And if you're an Arsenal fan moving in from New York, you're gonna try to find the yeah. Arsenal pub in Nashville, right? And and so on and so forth. So um, it's a really tight knit community. I think uh, I this might be a little biased, uh, but we have the best pub I think to watch sports. Is in. it the English pub? In? It's it's yeah. Uh, no free shout outs, so we're not gonna talk about it. But <laughs> but but <laughs> if they want to sponsor my pod or your pod, then maybe we can do it then that way. Uh, but but. It, it, I just think from an atmosphere, you know, it feels very English and it feels very much like you're, uh, um, you know, I mean, honestly, just being around other Arsenal fans is great. Um, and then I'm assume, assuming the same things for Chelsea, but... Um, we're, all, we're all horrible, actually. So yeah. <laughs> it's a whole group. Everyone hates us. So That's true. That's, That's why we have true. to talk to each other because no one wants to talk to us. So. This is more therapy for us. Just so <laughs> we have friends. This is our podcast. So so you brought me into this just so maybe I can agree with your terrible takes. Oh, yeah, Chelsea. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. That's got a it. It's a real agenda. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I, that's we've talked about this previously, how the Premier League, like... I obviously being English it attracts attention when I talk to people immediately and every time I talk to a stranger they ask me who my team is and every single person that I speak to sports a different team like I 
go to this restaurant in Green Hills and I chatted to the waiter and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big West Ham fan. I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> At least I can see the logic of Arsenal and Chelsea, but like West Ham. Oh, there's some weird ones, man. Like I, uh, there's a good amount of Everton fans here in Nashville. Um, there's a lot of U.S. connection to that, so maybe that's why. But, but I've, I mean, like I have a friend who was a West Brom fan. Who, who, you know, born and raised here. Like, I'm just like, why did you choose this life? Like, what Must like the logo, possibly. <laughs> I can't tell you why, uh, but uh, he, he, he's struggling to find the matches, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, where yeah. do you even watch the exactly. championship? Exactly, they or, get the one, one yeah. off at ESPN Plus these yeah. days. So, Valera, how did you become an Arsenal fan? Um, you guys ready for a story? Because it's going to take you back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hit, hit us. Okay. Hit us. So um, I'm from Iraq, and uh, I'm, I'm born and raised in Baghdad. I moved to Nashville when I was in high school age. I was 14 years old when I moved to Nashville. Um, and it, I became an Arsenal fan back when I was in Iraq, because in Iraq, soccer, football is, is everything, right? Um, it's, it's one of these things that are just like more important than just a game, you know? Um, so I've seen, I've seen soccer, I've seen the power of soccer, all that. But when I was a kid, honestly, a friend of my brother's had an Arsenal Henri kit. And that, that's, that was kind of the start of me even knowing what Arsenal is. Cause at the time I just like followed the Iraqi national team. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like every kid, I really loved uh, Real Madrid because they had Beckham, Zidane, Raul, Roberto Carlos, Ronaldo. Galacticos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like that was me growing up. That was me in, in my introduction to soccer. Um, so I, I, I watched Real Madrid and, and kind of cheered for them, I guess, but not really like supported them. I wouldn't call it that. And then my first Arsenal match that I watched um, after knowing what Arsenal is was the 2006 um, final, the Champions League final against Barcelona. And even though Arsenal lost that, believe it or not, uh, they... Uh, Giuliano Belletti. That's right. I, you know, that's wild that he was the winner. But anyway, there were some refereeing decisions that nah, we, we, won't, we don't need to get into. But after that match, I think, is when I really became an Arsenal supporter. I just loved the team. I loved the way they played. And it, it to me, it was just the loss didn't really matter as much. At the same time, I must tell you, I was like... Um, 11 years old. Okay. Uh, so a decision that haunted me for the rest of my life, of course. But, it, but you know, <laughs> but you know, because like right after that is when the banter era started, if you, if you would. That's yeah. what we call it as yeah. Arsenal fans. So uh, that's kind of what started my fandom with Arsenal. And then it really, like around 2009, about three years after that, that's when I really started following them because I was learning English when I moved to America. And it was very easy to connect with an English team because I would watch all these like YouTube videos of players talking, all that, and kind of use that as a little bit of a English help. Um, and then, you know, continue to support Arsenal. And, and then once you kind of get connected with the community we we're talking about, it becomes an even more of a thing. And then I, you know, I went to where we meet up for the 2014 FA Cup final. Yeah. Like that, that atmosphere was amazing, seeing other Arsenal fans. And ever since then, it's kind of been, it's, it's been, it, hands down the most consistent thing in my life i've lived in three different countries i have had a few girlfriends at the time you know, like, <laughs> and like arsenal and i'm sure you both connect with that and yeah, it's yeah. like arsenal is the one can that the one real uh sort of uh present thing that's in different areas uh, eras in your life it's wild how that works right how a sports team can lift you up out of any sort of despair that you have whether it's coming from a different country moving here or, or working in a in, in uganda or something like yeah. that or for you growing up in England and 
it's amazing. And that's what, that's what I love so much about this sport that it connects different communities, not just locally, but around the world. You know, you meet Chelsea fans in North Carolina, you see Chelsea fans in India, you see Arsenal fans all across East Africa. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a wild, wild, amazing sport. And I find it very difficult to explain why when someone asks me who doesn't get it. I just, I feel that our friend John Sloop is very good at articulating the kind of the raw emotions that the sport and like in particular Premier League, I feel is, is renowned for, but if for someone who doesn't understand it, it's very difficult for me to put it into words why like Chelsea takes up so much of my thought process. <laughs> and they're like, I mean, it sounds like a cult. Are you in a cult? And I'm like, in a way. Of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and to me, honestly, like it all started when I was a kid. So th- I can track it all. The, the moment I realized that this is, uh, and I'm not talking about Arsenal. I'm talking about just soccer as a whole, football, whatever you want to call it. The moment I realized that was more special than just a game was uh, 2007 for me. In 2007, I was in Baghdad still, and I was a 12-year-old kid. And at the time, 2007, Iraq was essentially in a civil war, for lack of a better term. A lot of violence, a lot of killing, a lot of... Every day there was a car bombing, every day. Not to get really deep, but you know, just, just to give you perspective. And then the Iraqi national team in 2007 when they were very underfunded, very much, no one gave them a chance, went on and won the Asian Cup, which is the continental competition, uh, just like the Euros or, or here in America, we have the Gold Cup, all that. They went on and won it, and it happens every four years, right? So, so it was, it, this team of Iraqi players it, from different ethnicities, different religions, different backgrounds, got together, this group of like 20 plus guys got together and won a competition in the name of Iraq. And for about three days, four days after that, zero killings, zero in the entire country. Mm. There was zero violence because people were celebrating the win. Once you see that, man, like it's not a freaking game. You know what I mean? Like once you see, and and you've heard the Drogba stories, right? And all that, but like, uh, but that's something I experienced myself. And it's just like, that day, as a 12-year-old, I was like, this is really, really big deal. This brings people together. I had people like my mother ask me about the game, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, she, she doesn't know anything about sports or soccer or anything like that. People were out in the streets celebrating, and I, after three, four years after the American occupation of Iraq, and then, you know, into terrorism, into, into civil war, into all that, seeing a few days where there's no car bombings because... 11 guys kicked a ball like you know what i mean it's bigger than us it's bigger than anything so like to me that i always go back to that moment and why it's important and then maybe we'll talk about nashville here in a little bit but soccer made nashville home for me for once you know and that that to me like uh that change there was nothing else that could have done that i love my titans i love the preds these are other american sports teams here just nothing compares to, to 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 soccer, you know. So being in Nashville now, you're involved with Nashville SC and also with the local charity. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I cover Nashville SC um, for a local um, uh, local uh, publication here called Broadway Sports Media. I also have my own podcast that we started about Nashville SC. What's the name of that podcast? Pharmaceutical Soccer. Okay, um, cool. You can Listen follow us <laughs> at Pharma Soccer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, but um, but uh, it's, it's very specific to Nashville SC. So if you do like Nashville SC or want to learn about Nashville SC, please uh, follow that podcast. But um, So that's my involvement with covering Nashville SC as, as a sport, covering the sport of soccer. 
And then uh, for the charity, it's Kicking is 615. That's what we're called. And that's a charity I started with a friend about three years ago. And uh, our, our mission is to help kids who can't afford the game of soccer play organized soccer free of charge. Um, the kids don't pay for anything. Uh, they get their league fees, their coaching, their jerseys, their shorts, their cleats, snacks, everything paid for. All they have to do is just show up. So uh, we're currently in East Nashville. We're about to start our sixth or seventh season. Um, we, have, we have two seasons a year, um, fall and spring. And we're also planning on expanding into other areas of Nashville. We're, we're currently working with uh, MNPS, uh, Metro Nashville Public Schools, to do an after-school uh, maybe clinic as well for, for some kids. So uh, for those listening and don't know, soccer costs a lot of money in America, and organized soccer is insanely expensive. We work with kids with low-income families um, who can't afford to do that um, or maybe can't afford it, but they would rather pay that money to have dinner that night, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because it does cost money to, to play soccer or to, to continue that. So, um, you know, it's, uh, like we talked about in Iraq, soccer is something you play as soon as you can walk. So I just wanted to make sure kids in Nashville here in my community get that experience as well. Um, and I'm very happy with the progress we've done so far uh, as kicking the 615 and, uh, but there's, there's just there's such a need for it. There's a, a huge need for it uh, for sports in general for kids who can't afford sports. Uh, but obviously, my passion was soccer, so that's that's why we started it. It's amazing, amazing. Awesome. And um, being an Arsenal fan, uh, you've had a you had a pretty. I, I, what would you rate last season? Out of ten. <laughs> out of ten. Out of ten. How would you rate it? Uh, eight. 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 I I I think it was an incredible season. If if results. If the last month of the season was spread out to around the whole season, I would have given that probably nine and a half. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, just because the way it ended, um, I think it left a really sour taste. But it, Arsenal had me believe, like, uh, like I've, I've just honestly never have believed that much in Arsenal until last season because they haven't won the league since I became a fan. See, see what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it's you. Yeah, it's got a, <laughs> very possible. But you've got a couple FA Cups and yeah. Community Shields and stuff, you know? Yeah, and I love the FA Cup. I've celebrated every FA Cup like it's, the, it's you know, the greatest trophy on earth. But Because why not? You know, like you got to celebrate the wins. But I think what's an important trophy, isn't it? I know we joke about it, but like every... I went to an FA Cup well, final for Spurs, Chelsea years ago. Spurs haven't won it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're allergic to winning trophies. <laughs> they, so. they, they won the, uh, what, the, the Audi Cup and then the Lions Cup this year. Yeah, weren't, yeah. They, weren't they the only team competing? That's <laughs> true. They, they hit the double, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because, like, I... It's the hope that kills you sometimes, isn't it, really? That in, in terms of football or soccer, however you want to call it, it's... So, we've talked about this previously, both of us, when we got introduced, how much we dislike each other's teams. And it has always led to very ent entertaining conversations. And I hate Arsenal more than any other team. I do. I was absolutely petrified that you were going to win the league last year. <laughs> I said to him on that, I don't know what I'm going to do if they do it. And like when that Reese Nelson goal went in against Bournemouth, was it Bournemouth? It was Bournemouth. The, the, yeah, yeah. the win last minute yeah. when the stadium took off. I was like, that feels like a big. Not even that. When, I think moment. it was Jorginho's hit that bounced off the keeper <laughs> and went in. Like Jorginho's, Martinez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He never no, did that for us. Yeah, did he? he never did that for us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he scored two goals from op open play for Chelsea in his time at Chelsea. And I was like, man. This is going to happen. It's going to suck. 
but Arsenal's going to win the Premier League. Yeah. And then that the couple draws happened and the losses to Man City and everything. And I was like, okay, now we have a chance of our despair not being what it'd be. Because Chelsea is shit. <laughs> we were <laughs> shit. So bad. We were so bad. Like, it's like the worst two things, us being terrible and Arsenal winning the league. Yeah, it was like really the, the my worst nightmare. Yeah, like the yeah. threat. Chelsea could actually get relegated and Arsenal win the league. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to recover from this. I mean, that would have... I would have probably not been on this show yeah. I, don't know. I don't think we would have spoken I, to I, each I, other I, again I, actually. yeah I, th- I think you would have uh, hated me way more but uh, you know th- that season just came down to what i what i tried to do during that season uh, last season was to try to enjoy the wins because i wasn't convinced like i couldn't be convinced i couldn't because the hope is what kills you yeah, right yeah. so i i wasn't like i was just trying to tell my friends i was telling everybody at the pub when i was watching arsenal i was like Guys, we're not going to win the league, but I'm going to enjoy these wins as much as possible. That was until we beat United and Spurs back-to-back. Yeah. Once that happened, I was screaming at the pub, like, we're going to win the fucking league. We're going <laughs> to win the league. I was like shaking people like, <laughs> saying that, you know. Yeah, yeah. That changed my mind, and I wish it didn't, but, but it did, you know. But, and it gave me so much hope. And I, I look back at last season now with some time passed, and I'm just like, okay, I'm glad we got to experience that. Now let's go and win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's an interesting one because, like, I just obviously been watching the Premier League for so long, and even when Chelsea have won it in recent years, there's like there's always those moments where something happens where you just think, okay, this actually might be it. And I think Arsenal had like three of those moments. So you go back to those two wins, but the Bournemouth one in particular, we were all at the Chelsea pub. Chelsea just won one of our very few wins last season, so we're all partying like it was 1999, and they put the, the the Arsenal game on for the last minute and when that goal went in literally everyone at the pub went just went oh, they're going to win it aren't they mm-hmm. like it was it was I never I've I've laughed at Arsenal during the banter years because like it goes back to all my friends back home all most of them are Arsenal supporters so it's always been very very competitive and I've enjoyed the moments where things have gone wrong but I was like I, I felt like a really new feeling of like oh my god they're actually going to do it and you're right there were multiple mi- milestones yeah. uh, we we beat Liverpool we hadn't done that in I don't know how many seasons. Uh, so that was one of the milestones, right? And we, we beat United, we beat Spurs, like you said. And then, um, you know, and then the City games, honestly, the first City game, at least, we kept up with them in a, in a, in a, in a matter that kind of gave you hope, even though we lost the match. They were still like, oh, okay, we might be onto something type of thing. So all these milestones you start hitting and... Um, then you see somebody like Bukayo Saka and then Gabriel Martinelli kind of having their best season so far as young players. So all these milestones hit, and like like you were saying, it was kind of like meant to be in a way. We were just kind of sitting there like nobody, nobody in their right mind would have thought Arsenal had something like that in them before the season yeah. started. But expectations move as you move forward with the season, whether it's up or down the more you move forward, the expectations change. And the more you win, the more you're expected to win. Yeah. And and that's kind of, I hate to say it, but it is the victim of their own success type of thing. Uh, because, like I said, if those last draws happened throughout the season, nobody would have batted an eye about yeah, Arsenal yeah. finishing second. You know, it would have been like, wow, what an incredible season. And that's the thing. It's like, I despise Manchester City in terms of what they represent and like, the, the financial doping that has clearly gone on there. <laughs> but the mentality of it is so important. And like, God, just, I remember like as soon as the, the, as you said about the expectation changing for Arsenal and the pressure building, 
that's when those players who've been there before have experienced that. And do you know what? Like, I'm trying to think objectively as possible, even though it is Arsenal. I think, I've mentioned to you previously, I think great teams before they win something have to lose or come close and then they get over the line. And I just think maybe like with the way that some players are developing, like I think Bakayo Saka is England's future. Like I, I love Saka, he's an amazing player and I think he's more important to England than Bellingham is moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think he's an incredible talent. I feel that that kind of experience is going to help advance the team moving forward. And also the success that Arsenal had last year, even though they were they got second place in Premier League, has also led the ownership to you know, pump in a lot of money this summer. I mean, big signings, huge signings. And I think signing of the summer was Timber, just based on the way he performed today. And so that will kind of help with the expectations and the pressure, having these star players coming on and help bolster, you know, especially, you know, uh, and the substitutes. I mean, that's, that's a key. I was quite disappointed we didn't sign his brother, actually. Have you heard of his brother? He's called Shiver Me. Stop it. <laughs> uh, his sister is uh, Kesha. <laughs> she wrote a song about him. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you started it. This sorry, is sorry. This is, this shitty this, dad jokes this coming is, in. That's what it's all about. Terrible. This is what happens when you have an Arsenal guest on. <laughs> you get to our worst, worst, worst oh. dad jokes. So, uh, going back to Arsenal, um, as Manny referenced the the money that's come in, uh, we, meant, we said Timber it looks like a hell of a player, but what are your thoughts on the other signings that you've brought in? very big fan of Declan Rice believe it or not um, I know that's a very easy thing to say because hot take he, that's a hot take yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah. clip Shock that clip that, that posted online uh, no but I mean like Declan Rice I think is exactly what we needed especially with Grand Shaka leaving um, you're looking at somebody who is young technically English uh <laughs> Um, it's not too controversial about that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, it's definitely English. It's <laughs> English, right? Um, and then uh, he just fits in well with the uh, with the guys. First and foremost, I think uh, you know he already has those relationship with Saka and Ramsdale, and those are important pieces of White. Even, um, and I think uh, honestly, it's the the thing with Declan Rice is that statement that he made wanting Arsenal more than he wanted City, because you can go to City and guarantee yourself pretty much a trophy every year every season um you can't necessarily guarantee that with arsenal but he knew going to arsenal he would be the focal point he will be yeah. he will be that guy for arsenal and you know i i don't want to speak on on his sort of ability yet because we haven't seen him fully integrated with the team but i think his ability to play in multiple positions on the pitch is great uh but i loved what he represented in terms of bringing in a player who is hands down the number one target for most top Premier League teams, Chelsea wanted him, United wanted him, City wanted him. Him coming to Arsenal is a big, big statement. And Arsenal paying over $100 million for a player is a big statement. Obviously, that comes with a lot of pressure. Um, I think he's up to it, though, isn't he? He's got that's that kind what, of personality, isn't mm-hmm. it? It feels like he doesn't, he doesn't feel like that kind of person who would, that would, fee would get to him. I'm admittedly extremely jealous. I think as a fan base as well, we just thought because he was a Chelsea youth player, best friends with our little buddy Mason, <laughs> that um, he would... Chelsea would invest in and bring him back, and I just I feel that it's uh, yeah, it's it's a sh- and, I still find it shocking that and he's we, at Arsenal, but like as an Arsenal fan, I would love it. We mentioned that that's what Chelsea was missing was a proper defensive midfielder, and he was one of the individuals we really really wanted because I think he'd pair very well with uh, Enzo Fernand Enzo and and our other midfielders and Chukwueka. But I was super jealous when you guys signed him, and then also um, the lad from uh, Porto, uh, Vieira. 
that was a great signing, I thought too. That was under that the radar. Was last year, that was, was last, last year. Yeah, that was yeah. last season, okay. and it, he he had a rough season, honestly. I, adjusting to English football, I mean, you you'll know more than anyone. It's just it's not it's not easy. You can't just come in from the Portuguese league and adjust to English football. It's he's very, no Enzo. It, 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 yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, but but he, he's he's young. You know, he didn't cost 130 million either. But uh, <laughs> isn't that what Enzo cost? I just think he was similar. Yeah, in yeah. dollars, yeah, 130 yeah, yeah. million. We mentioned before, if you would buy a Ferrari, you got to pay Ferrari prices. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> well, you're buying 17 Ferraris. It yeah, looks yeah, like. exactly. Uh, but you got a garage full of cars, my friend. <laughs> Uh, but but he's, he's he's a good player. But I, I do want to talk about some signings that maybe weren't this summer. And I know we'll get to Kai Havertz here in a little bit. I, I know y'all y'all have thoughts. The on elephants it. in the room. Yeah, the elephants. <laughs> in the room. We'll wait on Kai Havertz for just one second. And and let me talk about the January signings that Arsenal made because uh, Jorginho was one of them, obviously. And he came in. Uh, he came in, and I was immediately like, oh my god, not another Chelsea guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very well censored. <laughs> Um, that was my immediate reaction, right? But but he came in, and I think he did really well for himself. I think he proved to Arsenal fans why um, Arteta wanted him in the team, and, and we needed that. Uh, but the one of the most important fact signing I think Arsenal has made in the last four or five seasons is Leonardo Trossard. It, it doesn't it doesn't get mentioned enough, and it, it he is so so important to this Arsenal team because he can play anywhere on the damn pitch. I have never seen a player as versatile, but also as good in every single position. I love Leonardo Trossard. If you ask any Arsenal fan who's been watching matches, he'll tell you Leonardo Trossard is is one of their favorite players. He doesn't get to start a lot of matches for us because sort of the roles he's taken are already occupied, but he comes off the bench and he's incredible. Um, and I think after the <laughs> Mudrik debacle, yeah. um, that was our backup plan, right? It was plan B. And, um, you know, in his song, we say um, he's not a greedy prick. He's better than Mudrik, right? So that's the whole thing. Um, and I don't know if he's better we'll, than we'll, Mudrik. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I don't know if he's better than Mudrik specific because Mudrik is young. Different kind of player. He's a different kind of player, exactly. So I'm not like, I don't want to come in here and talk shit about Mudrik. Like, I don't, I don't know how he's going to turn out. But to me... Uh, being a backup plan and working out that well, he had ten assists in the Premier League in half a season for Arsenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's really good. Um, and and he's one of those players that's just really smart. And you know, we talk about adaptation to Arteta's system or Pochettino's system, whatever. Zero adaptation period. Yeah. This guy came in, hit it, hit it off immediately, and has been incredible. So even though I want to talk about the summer signings, of course. I just wanted to mention Trossard. Yeah, he's a very good player. I think, I mean, he was a Chelsea killer at Brighton, wasn't he? He always scored against us. I think that that point is about having the versatility is very, very important. And I think we've talked about this previously about how I think certain players are undervalued because you you can, you don't really know where the strongest position is, but the fact that they can play multiple. And I think, to me, that was always the thing about Ruben Loftus-Cheek that I liked is the fact that he slotted in in different positions and did... Maybe not a world class position and world class performance in every position, but you, having that person who won't complain, just slots in, does a really good job within that system. I think is really really undervalued. Yeah. And the thing about Trissard is also just he, him being like an impact sub. You know, he can come in on the 60th or 70th minute and just be all out energy. You know, and kind of like what he did today. You know, yeah. and, and scored the goal even though it was a deflection. And he also will make the other players better by just having that immediate pressure. Like, if I don't have step up my game, like Martinelli and all those other players, I, I know that this guy's going to come in 
Competition is really important Absolutely. in a squad, isn't it? Like having that pressure underneath. And, to, to and this year it's even more important. You know, I, you're going from Europa to Champions League. So it's a different set of teams that you're playing in the group stages. You're not playing teams in Baku or Azerbaijan or wherever. You're playing yeah. really Thank good God. teams. <laughs> yeah, you're playing very, very good teams where you have to put out an A team each game to win these, win these group games. You can't put out a B squad at all. And so it's important to have that depth, especially in the forward positions. I think that's where Trasad will come to play. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Kai Havertz. So I think me and you were quite drunk when we first discussed this. Uh, this <laughs> is the first time ago. me and you are sober at the same yeah, time. I know, it's, it's so crazy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I laughed quite hard when we sold him for that much money because my feelings about Kai Havertz different to, differ to Manny's, actually. Manny has always been very quite complimentary about him. For me, he's one of the most frustrating players that's ever played for Chelsea. Now that you've seen a little bit of him in the Arsenal system and today and some of the preseason games what are your thoughts on that signing <laughs> i'm laughing because I, I personally i just never saw it I, I didn't understand why they're going for it i still am not convinced to be honest with you i do think one thing is clear here is that he will today he played as that striker he will never play that role for arsenal again <laughs> like it's just not gonna happen in a in a m- match of need because Jesus is injured and he's had a really good preseason. Havers, I think Arteta wanted to give him a chance to go at it. Um, when he plays on that left eight ten hybrid situation, I really liked him. I think he can uh, become something there. I think there's a lot of um, opportunity for Arsenal to play with a player like him opposite um, Odegaard on the other side. So you have Odegaard on the right, Havertz on the left, and Rice behind them. That was the idea. That's going to take a minute to implement, and you sure can't implement that against City in the first game of the season. So it's going to take a little bit of time, I think. Uh, but the talent is there. I don't know if anybody can like look at me and tell me that the talent isn't there for Havertz because I think the talent is very clear and evident what he can do. The problem is, I just don't know how he can apply it or, or if it's being applied the right way, I guess, or the right position. You were talking about Loftus-Cheek yeah. being able to play different positions. Havers can play a lot of different positions. None of them seem to be doing like really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can play all of them poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but I think Arteta sees something in him that... Um, you know, he saw in Chaka as well, for example. Not, not, not in terms of te- technical play, but I'm just saying he saw something in Chaka that none of us saw. At the end of two seasons ago, Arteta came out publicly and said, we need more goals from Grand Chaka. And all the Arsenal fans and Grand Chaka himself were like, what the hell? Like, he is, he's technically a defensive midfielder, maybe a box-to-box. We, he's not going to be a goal scorer. Like, that's yeah. not him. Arteta saw that in him where Grand Chaka himself didn't even see it. Turned him into like a 10-goal-a-season player. That's something I wouldn't even have imagined in my head right so i think because of that i have to give arteta the benefit of the doubt um and kind of let him work with havertz a little bit um but i think the one thing i will say that i know will add to this arsenal squad is his size um how we don't have uh, tall forwards in general Uh, you know all of our forwards are kind of on the shorter end so i think that uh, is going to be a big beneficial thing for arsenal the problem is like today he was playing a striker and they crossed the ball like twice <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like you have a six five or whatever he is like like use him you know you you, you got to be prepared for the frustration of kai havertz this is what arsenal fans can be prepared of he will look great for five minutes and all of a sudden he'll disappear for 30 minutes 
and then he'll do an incredible job, you know, putting the ball into the box or making runs or, you know, or, or dropping back in and helping build up the play, then he'll be lost in bewilderment. That is the Chelsea Kai Havertz that we saw. I interested. I had a real flashback when you said the first part about him neither playing as a striker for you again. I feel that's the first stage of Kai Havertz denial. <laughs> the, the fact that we experience that on a weekly basis, we're like, God, he looks so bad up front. Well, I guess he won't play there again. Literally every week he's our striker. <laughs> if... Uh... I would be shocked if Kai Havertz starts as striker against Nottingham Forest uh, next week. I, I think that would be uh, that would be a big shock for me because Leandro Trossard can play there and plays there much better. Um, and Ketya is a player we have and yeah. who can play there. Just too. be prepared. Yeah, yeah. be just, prepared. Just like stall yourself just in case. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that he must be doing in practice where he always gets to start at the, at the false nine. Yeah, we talked about position. this saying how he, he must be the best ever player yeah. in training. Yeah. <laughs> but he he will he will fascinate you. Like there are some times when he will just score. I, mean, I remember that goal he scored against uh, Newcastle. He just flicked it on his foot, carried it, and just yeah, yeah. slammed it. It's like where has this been? You know, or or he'll like do great goals, but he's offsides. You know, I think you'll see the best of him in the Champions League. No, and that's not just coming from that's the true. Champions League winning goal. I feel that the defenses aren't as good as they are in the Premier League, and we saw it against Dortmund last season. Even when he was playing shit last season, he was one of the best players on the pitch in that game. And I feel that the European game, I think, suits him a bit better. And maybe that is what the intention, like in terms of having that versatility in the Champions League, it, that was always his best performances for Chelsea. So, one thing I'll say is that um, the the price tag, I guess, is, it does raise an eyebrow. But with his age, honestly, it's it's kind of like um, if you the Ferrari analogy, right? So it's like. It's like, yeah, he might not be worth $65 million or whatever they end up paying for him. But at the same time, if his potential hit, if this risk works out for Arsenal, you have a 24-year-old, 25-year-old German international who will be with you for five seasons or so if his potential plays out. And that, to me, is like the... the you know, we're sitting here looking at the glass half empty, right? Because what we have seen so far in preseason hasn't been really like earth shattering. But there is a side of this where he could work out. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say it in front of you guys because you probably don't like to hear that. But, but I mean, th- there is a big I've given up on it. I don't th- care about it anymore. <laughs> th- th- there is a side, and, and I mean, that's kind of each every signing, right? Every yeah. signing is is a. I think the the prospect of it coming in from Chelsea again, <laughs> another Chelsea player, another uh, agent. <laughs> and, yes. Another sort of, uh, I think from Arsenal fans, it's just, it's taken a lot to even accept Jorginho and he scored an important goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so when we finally accepted Jorginho and even like David Luiz back in the day, like it's, it just it's going to take a lot to he's he has the most pressure on him even though Declan Rice cost 100 million i think Kai Havertz has more pressure on him from Arsenal fans yeah i think so not not the media yeah. overall cuz obviously Declan Rice is going to have that but but Arsenal fans you're going to need to prove that you're not just another Chelsea you know reject re- exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Show, show me you're worth 65 million i don't care what Declan Rice is doing i don't care what Timber is doing i show me why we should love you even though you spent your years at Chelsea, you know? I think that's a really interesting point about how you do measure success for a transfer. So this is the thing that I was... 
there's like disputed stats about how successful transfers are. So you could say that 50% of them are successful. And it's like, well, what are you measuring that? Are you talking like goal contributions? Are you talking about trophies? Because like, interestingly enough that I, I, Kai Havertz scored a Champions League winning goal for Chelsea, but I would still say that his tenure at Chelsea was a failure. See, I disagree with you. I, th- yeah. I, I measure by trophies and I think that goal was important. That goal was, he was worth the signing. But I mean, that's, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that. Yeah. I see that argument. But it's different metrics, right? Like yeah, for yeah. me, I look at silverware, hardware, whatnot, right? I mean, yeah, we almost got relegated because of, his, <laughs> of him last year also, or his aptitude from not scoring. But yeah, no, that was, it, it was electric. I mean, just seeing the goal... Experiencing lifting a trophy is something that you have not experienced uh, being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> but when you fall well, you lifted a trophy today, what are you it's talking a about? You lifted a plate. <laughs> it's a shield. It's going to get, gonna, gonna get a trophy, mate. 17 it's a shield. community shield stars <laughs> above the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, well, but, but at the but, same time, Simon, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of push back on your point being a failure. You sold him for 65 million. You bought him for what, 100 million, something like that? No, it's about 70. Uh, 70. 70. 70. Okay, okay so you him, yeah. you basically broke even on him. No, we and made you money. Won. If you look at the amortization, we made money on okay. Kai okay, Havertz. Okay, so you made money on Kai Havertz. Does that go into what is, if signing is good or not? Because I think it does. Maybe, right? maybe. I think, I'm not sure. I, to me, the money aspect is so out of my stratosphere of understanding. It's out of everybody's. Like, in terms of like the amount of money that we like play really the, the inflation of like transfer fees and stuff like that and like obviously now with the Saudi Arabian league coming in with some of the money I, I feel that to me I've, I go for the attitude now because it's like I've mentioned this before that I can't comprehend how rich these people are it's not my money just don't bankrupt don't destroy the club do what you feel is best to make us a, a competing winning team that's fine with me to me it's like the money is so preposterous and unethical in the game anyway that I'm like well, you can't really complain about the structures you're in now. So to, in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to view it as like, we sold Kai Havertz for 65 and we've got Nkuku, who I'm more excited about for 50. And like, I, that's how I try and view it, like in terms of productivity. But, but I, I don't know. I think, I think, and I'm not speaking for you, Simon, but I think part of your Kai Havertz um, uh, opinion, it has to be a lot about recency bias, right? Like yes, just, absolutely, you know, yeah. we... I mean, obviously, he was never that goal-scoring threat that we had in a traditional number nine going back to Diego Costa. We haven't had a striker, and he was not bought to be a striker. Yeah. That was supposed to be Timo Werner, and that never worked out, right? But add uh, him to the graveyard of strikers. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Chelsea but, keeps ruining strikers. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. But we we somehow still manage winning trophies, which is uh, crazy. You know, like when, when your t- highest goal scorer is Jorginho, and we, we lifted Champions League trophy. Defies all logic. It's yeah, mad. It defies all it's logic. Mad. But I, what, what I do think, though, is that for Arsenal, I think the Kai Havertz experiment may work because I think Arteta employs a back four. Kai Havertz does not play well in a back three or a back five where he's limited in the spacing that he has in terms of the forwards and midfielders. But having... Um, a traditional uh, defensive midfielder in Declan Rice and having Odegaard something he can partner partner with and he can drop down Kai Havertz's best quality was dropping into the midfield and help with the bit uh, helping with the bit uh, build up he did that very well in the Champions League against Dortmund he did that very well in the group stage and he also did that in the in the time that we won the Champions League because he didn't play I mean, he played in the central number nine role but he always came in and he you know he dropped in and helped with the midfield because Marteta employs a four two three one sort of hybrid position or four three three or four two three one sort of mold, and I think that's the system that Kai Havertz will excel in. You know what? As well, I think this is the way that I'm trying to think about it. And I've said to Manny numerous times that I've got absolutely no affection to the vast majority of our players who were in our squad last year because of what the level of performance was. 
And like, I, even if Havertz does turn out well for Arsenal, I'm like, okay, for, good for them. Like, I feel that that is, you, you can view transfers as, a, it's not just winning and losing. You, you can win for everybody, right? Like in terms of... What if he scores a hat-trick at the bridge? Then I will retract that statement <laughs> and you'll never see me again. <laughs> Sorry, I just love no, a no. hypothetical here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, all our ex-players score against this, so it's, it's going to happen. But like, but that's the thing, it's like w- the depth of despair that we were in as Chelsea supporters last season, I think to me, when we both really like Kovacic, when Man City signed him, I was like, okay, fair enough, off you go. Like in my, and mate, the only one that's really hurt me in terms of how it, ended was Mason Mount because he's part of the youth system and like the way it happened just leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth but like for everything else I'm like okay listen we've got a new coach and I'm really excited about the players that we're bringing in and like the players that we're bringing back into the squad like we haven't even talked about the fact that this week Levi Cole will sign a new contract for Chelsea which I am my favourite signing of the summer for us is getting that contract nailed down um, and I feel very excited about Chelsea's future because I just like last year was so fucking awful that I'm like I just want to back I want to like black all of it out now just I don't want to even think about it so players like Havertz I'm just like I don't really have that much care about them if, if I can ask you guys a question for a change like what what is the expectation for this season I think for us it's not being in Champions League top four top four has to be an expectation it may not happen I think reality is top six get back getting a Europa slot maybe, but top four, not having the pressure being in Champions League. I mean, obviously I would love to be in Champions League, right? But not having to play on Tuesdays or Wednesdays and being able to have you know the time to practice or have the squad rested up for the weekend. Top four has to be our expectation. I mean, it's Chelsea. Yeah. And, I, and Pochettino said it himself, we have to win. I agree on that as well. And I feel that there's going to be contributing factors that are going to help us. I feel that we will bring in some more players over the next week or so before the season starts in earnest. And I think that the we've watched every Chelsea preseason game and the the difference in those games from watching it last season is it's like a diff, honestly it's like a different team completely different team there's a lot of different players but I think the contributing factors for Arsenal Arsenal did amazing last year you had, objectively they did and Manchester United did better last year Newcastle did well last year Champions League changes the dynamic massively on everything and like. I noticed like Newcastle squad how thin it is really and like I know coaches want to work within that system but when you're playing on high quality teams in the Champions League every other week I just feel that we have an opening now where we can get back to some kind of semblance of where we were in terms of competing in the top four and to me that's the minimum expectation I feel that we've got a very good manager now who has got us playing some good football already and if we got a couple more pieces to complement what he needs I think top four. Uh, that's fair I think I, I think just simply from a spent standpoint and from the manager standpoint quality standpoint and the name Chelsea right is the brand that we're talking about you know the, it carries some weight and I think expecting top four I don't think that's like ridiculous or anything like that it is extremely difficult now with Newcastle being you know the Saudi money um, and then obviously you have United and, and City and I, I Honestly, I wouldn't put Spurs in this conversation just because of where they are right and now. Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's uh, there's some players there. I think that, that they have some quality, but if Kane is leaving or if he's staying or whatever, clearly they. I, I just don't think they're in that level anymore. They used to be, I think. Um, but this is an interesting thing, and if I can just talk about this real quickly about 
the hater hating of teams and like how that changes for me because I have I I, I have my like top four most hated teams right but I feel like there's movement um, so like to me I will always hate Manchester United the most just because like when I was kind of starting to to like soccer that was kind of just the team to hate. <laughs> or you'll really love it, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then obviously Spurs because they're Spurs. But then like I think everything other than that is kind of uh, Chelsea and 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 City and Liverpool are maybe in there. But there was a period I want to say that I really hated Chelsea, uh, and that was like Jose Mourinho. Anytime Jose Mourinho's around, right? Because that's, <laughs> that's that was the whole thing. Um, and and if not to go back to Frank Lampard, but like. When Frank Lampard took Chelsea, took, took over Chelsea the first stint, the first time, he had all these young players, right? And it was like, uh, it was, it just felt more like a, a family of players and all that. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't hating Chelsea as much, and I thought that was wrong. Like I was like, I was like, this is <laughs> this is very You've wrong. Changed. Yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking about it, and I was like, do I like, I'm like, am I really not hating Chelsea right now? Because it was so friendly with Frank Lampard. You know yeah. what I mean? It was. It was. You knew yeah. you were going to beat us. That's why. <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. And that's when I like you know Tottenham, I, Tottenham and United. I'm always going to hate them, but like it, there's always those are top three: Chelsea, Tottenham, and United. And it's just like it it, it switches for me because you were telling me like Arsenal is like the, the team you hate the most. Constant, is yeah. that it? Like does it ever like when a when there was a point where like Arsenal was clearly not competing with Chelsea? Like did any of the other teams like? go up no it's always been very <laughs> consistent to be honest but I, I've mentioned this to Manny previously because we've talked about the kind of origins of uh, rivalries in English football and how some of the problematic elements come from England for me it was all it goes back to Wenger and Henri mm-hmm. really it, it does it goes back to that period of time where we would just lose against you every time and it didn't help that a lot of my close friends are all Arsenal supporters and they just used to fucking give it to me all the time consistently even when we were winning I'd be like somehow they would try and twist it that Chelsea winning the league wasn't real a real thing and I'm like well yeah, I don't know but I think about that but like Arsenal and but Liverpool close because that goes back to Rafa Benitez Steven Gerrard yeah. and like it's bred out of competition that's the thing and I think to me that will never change because those moments those periods of time are so scarring for me mm-hmm. that I just I, it, I don't care about Tottenham they've always been a non-entity for me Manchester United nah, not really City I mean I think everyone's just apathetic about Man City because everyone knows they're cheating yeah when they won the Champions League final we actually recorded right after that and we're just like ah yeah they, they won okay whatever you know you can kind of write it off because it's City right yeah, like, exactly. like you can't even be bothered to be mad about it because it's like yeah they're cheating they're in their own way whatever yeah everything else and I think for me I hated Arsenal up until the Battle of the Bridge and that's when my hatred for Tottenham just fueled you know and that when when, when Diego Costa got irate by Dembele I was like okay I fucking hate this team <laughs> I really really hate this because that was that was sort of the banter years right that was Arsenal yeah. was just sort of trying to get in the top four or whatnot you know hadn't been in Europe since 2016 I think was the last time in Champions League and so it was always Spurs Chelsea kind of in the top four battling for that top four until Pep came at Man City and then Liverpool and Klopp and then Man U was always flirting up and down Mourinho years versus whoever but my hatred for Spurs really began in 2015 2016 and then I started becoming apathetic to Arsenal but then recently Arsenal's had our number 
recently. Oh, yeah. They've it's had crazy our number. How it's flipped together, yeah, right? very nice. Especially in the FA, you know the FA Cup <laughs> FA Cup final. I was I was just livid, livid. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pulisic scored that amazing goal, then then Dave got beat by Obama Yang, you know, on the side. I'm just like, this sucks. And then we lost again. I'm just like, yeah. I, I just can't do this anymore. It's crazy how those momentum shifts happen, yeah. right? We talked about this a bit earlier that. Um, the origins of my hatred for Arsenal comes from just losing and then when Drogba really came to the front yeah. <laughs> he's like every Arsenal fan's worst nightmare yeah. for a period of like six or seven years which is and then good old Frank Lampard back in charge flips it again <laughs> yeah and I wasn't you know it's not like I loved Chelsea you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like I just hated them less than the other ones and and like you talk you're talking about like specific periods of times and I, I totally agree with you and that's why United's always going to be there for me because United were beating us when I started following Arsenal. They were beating us every time. They bought Van Persie, yeah. you know, all that. It, it, that's scarring. You're right. That's the word you use, and I agree with it. It's scarring. And, like, till today, if you ask Arsenal fans from the late 80s, they will tell you they hate Liverpool more than anything yeah, yeah. just because of that competition. So, like, we all have, like, that sort of scarring moment yeah. that made it's us a, hate it. It's powerful, isn't it? It's, it's an evolution, right, of, of the fan also. Like, mm-hmm. I started becoming Chelsea in 2005. I don't have the history that Simon does growing up in London and, mm-hmm. and you know, being on the tube with Arsenal fans or whatnot or going, you know, uh, to away games. Um, kind of circling back to Arsenal, you asked us what our expectations were for this year. What are your expectations for Arsenal spending a shit ton of money? The summer almost looked like Chelsea last year. Not 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 quite six hundred <laughs> okay, million. Yeah, not okay. quite, it's wrecked. About a quarter of yeah, 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 not, yeah. not quite six hundred yeah. million. Yeah, but almost half. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, well, I think the expectation is to win. <laughs> like I, I think my expectation is more on the pitch. My expectation is more about performances than results. If I'm being honest, I just want to make sure there is no regression. Um, I I would love it. I think if. Champions League or Premier League, I think those are just simply objectively looking at it, just simply because you got to compete last season, you're already expected to compete again this season. And that's just a fact. Yep. If you come come out and you, you look flat and you're kind of in that five, six, four conversation instead of one and two, you're already, you already lost half of the fan base, just in terms of facts. You know what I mean? Um, and I think... I think we also have to be realistic that every single team in the Premier League in the top five or maybe even top ten got better this season. You know what I mean? Uh, So I don't think it's easy. I just think Arsenal got better just with the rest of the teams got better. So realistically, from an objective standpoint, if you were just a person who just looks at numbers, you would say they have to do at least that again and compete. I think uh, we shouldn't... like. We shouldn't not take FA Cup or or Carling Cup, whatever the fuck is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be Carling, right? The worthless cup, everyone used to call that. Like, I think I think Arsenal should go for that just to keep the winning momentum in the team and to keep the fans sort of bought in and and that that togetherness that was so important, and that might lead into more trophies uh, of the more important trophies, I should say. What about Champions League? Do you do you have an expectation of getting out of the group stage, making the quarterfinal, making the round of sixteen, or you know, what about that? Because that's a different wrench now. You're you're back in Champions League for the first time in six years. I, honestly, if 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 I had money right now to to bet, I would I would bet Arsenal winning the Champions League more so than I would bet Arsenal winning the Premier League. Interesting. I think it's an easier competition for yeah, Arsenal to win. It's a cup. It's a cup competition, yeah. right? I, yeah, I just, I just think the Premier League doing it over thirty-eight games is so hard against City. City is incredible when it comes to like being good for long periods of time. 
and and being good when it matters, right? To where if Arsenal plays City in the Champions League, it's two matches. We we can best City. Yeah. We, you saw it today, right? And that's how it was Chelsea, right? Chelsea yeah. beat Ars- or beat Man City three games in a row, but we were awful during the season. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, we I had just lost a- Leicester City in the FA Cup final. We had just lost, I think, the, la- the last day, and Tottenham saved us to getting us top four yeah. by beating whoever they beat Leicester. I think. I think that's a really good point. I think they. That's why Thomas Tuchel was so good for Chelsea because oh squad was not equipped to compete on the Premier League really at the top like to get top four definitely but like the the weaknesses in the squad when Tuchel took over you can you can map out a great tactician can map out ways to win odd games in cup competitions and I think Arteta has that capability and I think that yeah I, I agree with you I think the Champions League now is a more doable competition and it's not easy. Like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's be clear, right? You still have to play the Real Madrid, the Bayern Munich of the, the world. But uh, I, to answer your question, my expectation is to probably get into a later round, maybe a quarterfinal, maybe maybe a semifinal even. Because the way I'm viewing it is like, if you look at Inter Milan and AC Milan last year, they had a fairly easy draw. You know what I mean? They they like had very a, good, were they? Yeah, Either and they one of neither, them. no. That semifinal was like meh at best. You know what I mean? And that was the Milan derby. So when I look at something like that, or even when I look at Liverpool and their run, but when they lost to Real Madrid in the final, uh, 2019, I want to say. Yeah, when Salah got hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that run they played Ajax. I think that was the best team they played. And not 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 to take anything away from these teams, but these teams are not. Oh, City. We had an easy run, also. I mean, let's be honest. When we played City in the final, we had what? We had Porto. We Real had Madrid, Athletic, you know, Athletic oh, Madrid. Athletic Madrid are a yeah. good team. And well, Real Madrid are a good team. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> it was, if you compare it to what yeah, PSG yeah. had, to go, they had to go to the PSG. They had to go through Bayern. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, compared yeah. to what we had. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that backfires too because yeah. you're not kind of competing at a high level. But my point is, there is with a little bit of luck and a little bit of skill, you can bullshit your way into a final. You yeah. know what I mean? We've seen it happen recently. Yeah. Uh, you can't bullshit your way into 38 games of Premier League. Yeah, that's true. It evens that's itself out. That's a very it? good point. This is my thing. I think Arsenal spent a lot of money this summer, but I think they made, apart from Kai Havertz, I'm happy you guys bought him for that amount of money, but I think your biggest sign was Timber. And when you go to these cups, like, uh, Champions League and all that. You have to like what Tuchel did was he solidified the defense. That's the first thing he did when he got hired. We switched to a back three, put Rudiger back in the game, and made sure our defense was strong. When you play in the Champions League or even the FA Cup, you have to have a solid defense, and I think that's where Arsenal's strength is going to be, especially with Rice Saliba. is important for that. Rice, as well. a healthy Saliba, Timber, who's so versatile that can play on the right back, left back. We left back today, yeah. and then also can interchange in the center back position as well. That's key in having a, a good goalkeeper. Rams like that. That's one thing that Chelsea's missing is a solid goalkeeper. We had Mendy, who was phenomenal for that stretch of games in the Champions League. Caught lightning in a bustle. There, yeah, but Kepa is not something that we can trust. But Arsenal has the backbone of the, of the goalkeeper. Well, we signed a new keeper. Center, this yeah, week, we did. Well. We did. That's exactly right. Arsenal are about to sign a new keeper. Yeah, David Raya. That's a weird it's one. Incredible, right? Yeah, it's weird. They're going to pay like thirty million. That's a, that's a, that's a, what well, we paid around thirty million. Also, 20, for, 20, 20 yeah. for Sanchez. Um, but. But, but Chelsea played well today. Yeah, but I think he's been good for you. Chelsea right? are not playing. They are starting Sanchez, right? That's the. No, I think they are. I think they are. I think they will. I think Kepa will start in the beginning, but I think Sanchez will get molded into be the number one keeper at some point. Oh, I just well get Kepa out, please. Uh, well, for Arsenal, it's we'll very sell you Kepa. You guys are. In a, <laughs> yeah, you, you want him? <laughs> you want to buy a Kepa? Please no, please uh, no. <laughs> um, the thing is, uh, there's a huge sort of discussion point right now about keepers for Arsenal because uh, they're selling Matt Turner which is fine you know he was 
it was our second keeper. He did really well and is going to go and be the number one at Nottingham Forest, and that's fine. The David Rea coming in with the expectation to compete against Ramsdale, that has never worked in the history of football. Every time a team has two keepers that are world-class, one of them leaves and one of them is angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you, you'd look at Barcelona with Bravo and Ter Stegen or, or PSG with Donnarumma and whoever the hell Keller else. Navas. Keller Navas. Keller Navas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so every time that happens, it lasts like one season at most. Yeah. You know, so I'm just curious. Um, we've been talking about this at the pub all morning because I just don't know what Arteta's plans there is. But to, to, to go back to your point about defense, it is very important in these games because the whole argument for Raya coming in with Ramsdale is that every position in that defense, and, and most of the pitch, honestly, has at least two players who can play it at high level, except goalkeeper, I guess. Um, and that's why they're going for Raya. So when you look at the right side, you have uh, Ben White and you have uh, Tamiyasu. And then at center back, you have Saliba and Gabriel. And then you also have Timber and, and Ben White, who can play there, who Tamiyasu can also play there. So now you have that core. And then on the left, you got Zinchenko, you got Timber. Uh, Tierney is still on around. You know, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen there. There are multiple players per position. Um, and not to mention Kivior, who also plays on the left and, and can play center back. Multiple players per position that I will feel comfortable if they started a match tomorrow. And that's, that's something that I have never said about Arsenal, quote-unquote, backup players. Yeah. You know, when, when um, for example, when Gabriel or, or Saliba is down, injured, our backup was Rob Holding for a lot a long time you know what i mean and i love rob holding you know he's 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 a for what he is he's incredible arsenal fans mostly like him but but rob holding is not a technical level as uh timber or or Kivior even to, to 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 that to that point or ben white you know so so now having those options there is going to be really important um in the champions league because you, these players can't play 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes but when you're bringing the quote-unquote backup in, you're not losing quality. And that's been something that Arsenal has missed the most, and that's been something that City has excelled at the most. Yeah. Because if you look why they won last season, they had injuries. They had uh, players go to the World Cup, just like Arsenal and Chelsea and everybody else had. But the players they brought in, in to, to replace them were good players, and yeah. that's what won them the league when and you the have, Champions League. When you have Mares and Folden coming off the bench, or yeah. even Cole Palmer today coming off the bench and scoring a world lead, I mean, you have, you have a litany of incredible players that City has, and I think that's what Arsenal is trying to build. Um, question for you, though, is we talked about Arsenal. We talked about them a lot on this uh, podcast. Who is your top four? Uh, we'll go. Who's going to win and who's your top four? You know what? Screw it. I'm I'm going st straight for the feelings. I don't even care about about objectivity anymore. It, it, Newcastle. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, Eddie Howe. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Arsenal to win it. You know what? Just because why not? I have faith in my guys. You know what I mean? For once, I have faith in my guys. Uh, so I'm gonna go Arsenal, and I think second's gonna be City. Third, I'm gonna go United, and fourth, I'm gonna go Liverpool. Very basic. I, I know. I know. I'm not taking a lot of risks here, but I really think Liverpool and United have made some major, major um, moves this See, summer. I thought that Liverpool made some major moves, but then I watched a couple of their games in preseason. That midfield still looks lost. They just look wide open. Yeah, they look wide open. I, I fancy our chances against them next week. Like the way that we're playing with 
Is that I'm the opener? Yeah. yeah, opener Chelsea at the bridge. Liverpool Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah come yeah. to the pub. Yeah, yeah. But don't, yeah. Wear, don't, don't wear that I was shirt. Say, man, I don't know if I can. <laughs> it's, we'll I, boot you out. I, I, I think they've made, I agree with Lair's point. I think they've made some good signings. Manchester United, I'm not too sure. I think the goalkeeper, Onana, is a good addition. Mount, depends on how they fit him into the system. He got chipped from midfield, man. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. That's, that's hilarious. That'd be <laughs> so good Ke- if it just Kepa got chipped by midfield a lot. A lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just that's, outside that's what the they box. do. Yeah. That's what goalkeepers do. They don't say shots outside the box. If Onana's United career goes as Kepa's Chelsea career, then I'm happy, I think. I'm just yeah, going to say too. that. I, yeah, there you go. He's the worst Chelsea goalkeeper, number one in my lifetime. <laughs> Wow, that and I'm not exaggerating. Like I, I've even when we were shit, we had decent goalkeepers. Yeah, I, t- I take Begovic over, like a, a, yeah, yeah. a younger Begovic over. Uh, but even he was a reserve. Yeah, I'm talking exactly. about number ones. So yeah. if you, we've been blessed with very good goalkeepers throughout my life, really. Yeah. So if you go, Courtois was the previous one. Petr Cech, obviously. Um, before that, Carlo Cudicini was a great goalkeeper as well. I'd still take him above Kepa any day of the week, and even going further back than that. Like even when we weren't very good, we had better number ones. Um, it's interesting about the top four and with your point made about the backup players that I think Arteta has flipped it with your fan base in terms of the players that they're bringing in. And even with Kai Havertz, there's a degree of patience and like, okay, well, obviously Arteta has seen something there. And I feel that that mentality with Chelsea has got to change right now because like last year was a shit show with the summer signings last year I think are the main problems so if you're looking at players like Koulibaly Cucurella even Sterling I would admit Obama that Aubameyang there was a real change from January onwards in terms of our, our scouting network being developed our sporting directors being there now and when we signed Sanchez the other day a lot of our fan base were very very angry about it and I'm like well they obviously see something that we don't for a start and like there's a backstory there and like everyone has really been encouraged by the players that we've brought in under these new sporting directors so in my mind I'm like until he's given me reason not to believe it I'm gonna put faith in him and I feel that that mentality has shifted with Arsenal now right yeah that's that's the biggest difference is that Arteta and, and Edu to be fair had Arsenal has Arsenal fans believing in 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 their vision in, in Arteta and Edu's vision because that wasn't the case when they first got there Arsenal fans were very upset because we finished eighth twice in a row. That's not, you know, there's all the banter about Europa League, all that. That's below that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, um, we know that from last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a, it's terrible. It's, it's a terrible feeling. Um, and, and what changed it, the, one thing changed. One, one thing is that they hit on these signings and they showed the Arsenal fans that Ben White, Tamiyasu, Ramsdale, Partey, all these are Arteta and Edu signings that Trossard, uh, Jesus, Zinchenko. Yeah. These, this is what changed the f- f- fans' opinion of it simply because there was success. Success with these players individually. So for you, I don't think and, and, until it's on the field and there is success, I don't think a lot of fans are going to give you a benefit of a doubt, yeah, right? Because you haven't earned it. Yeah. You know, uh, but... But I mean, I think you should you should be excited that there is a plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. for a while it looked like it didn't. Even going back to the last few years of Abramovich, like we were talking about buying like Bakayoko and drink water and stuff like that. It's like our transfer policy has been awful. Even Lukaku, for a long time. Yeah. Lukaku. Yeah. I mean that that's been a mess. It's 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 just a roller coaster of disaster. You know, with his whole transfer saga throughout his whole career, and we're still dealing with that mess now. I think Arsenal will get top four. I don't think you'll win this year. Yeah, I agree on that. I think only reason why you won't win is because I think Champions League is a different animal. Mm-hmm. And having that amount of pressure on Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays 
you know, dealing with that expectation. Because when I saw Arsenal last year, you guys were awesome, obviously, number two. But in the high-pressure games against City, the Arsenal players capitulated. They did. They could not handle the pressure. And we talked about it. That's yeah. what, that's how it was City against Chelsea, the first Champions League final. That was a completely different City team that you saw against us in that first final that when we won versus how they were throughout the rest of the season, right? I think Champions League is a different animal. And you have a bunch of young players who haven't had that level of pressure in that game. And I think it's going to cause you to not have your players at their 100% for the league. And I think you'll get top four, but I don't think you'll win. Do you and, see anyone other than City winning it? No, uh, no, no, no. I think City's That's fair. I think that's yeah. a really fair. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone just is like, is accepting, right? And interesting enough, I know I referenced this earlier with Newcastle, but I think of all the teams that finished top four last year, I think they're the most likely to drop out. Mm-hmm. Not just because of, as I mentioned, their squad being thin, but their style of play. It's extremely high energy, extremely high energy. And I feel that adding that Champions League dynamic on top of that. And again, the weight of expectation. I, I think Eddie Howe has done an amazing job. Are you, is he going to take them to the next level? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I think we mentioned this earlier when we were talking before the podcast about Arteta had this kind of narrative surrounding his development as a coach that you could see where that might come from. Eddie Howe, I don't know how he has done this job at Newcastle and all credit to him, but I just don't see it happening long term. And I feel that they will replace him at the drop of a hat. I I think they will replace him at the drop of a hat, but I don't know if this is a surprise to you, but I really wanted him at Arsenal more than Arteta. Interesting. Really? Yeah, I, I, I really rate him. I, I think the way he had Bournemouth playing in the Premier League, it was like he had these players who were probably bottom in terms of like pay, in terms of quality playing really beautiful football man like they, yeah. they were this is maybe five six seasons ago so things were different maybe but but I, I was really impressed with what he did at Bournemouth so even before Arteta came to Arsenal I wanted Eddie Howe to be Arsenal manager I wanted him to have a go but I think you're right in the Newcastle thing I wouldn't be surprised I will say this I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea does end up in top four like I'm not predicting it just because I don't have that sort of faith in them yeah. but I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did there are teams that I would be shocked if they made top four, like Newcastle. I think if Newcastle was able to maintain the top four with Champions League, I think that would be a really, really big statement for them. Yeah, and I would be. be surprised if I saw it. And then I would honestly be very surprised if Spurs get anywhere near top yeah. four. You know, I didn't think Chelsea would make top four until I was went, went through the preseason. Because I was at the game in Orlando where Arsenal throttled us 4-0 in the friendly last year. Yeah. And then my expectations really didn't change. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's because Conte didn't play for us. He was still in, in Europe, and, you know, we had some injuries that hadn't come back. We had some signings that hadn't gone through yet. But then we just saw how terrible we were last year. We just were not a good team. But seeing this team and how – and Nicholas Jackson, I think, is – Nicholas Jackson and Kuka are the game changers for us, I think. And if we get uh, Caicedo, I think – I think we can make a run for top four only because other teams have more competitions than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's and last time we won the league. Antonio Conte won the league with Chelsea was because we had no European competition. We were not even in Europa League. We all we had was the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and the Premier League, and we were in the FA Cup final, and we, and we won, won the Premier League easily as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think that everything is working out. We have a very young squad now. This is like almost like Arsenal a couple of years ago. That's how Chelsea's squad is so young right now. I think it's going to work out to where we'll probably get mentioned on the next pod when we do our top four. I think we're going to get top four. Yeah, I'm confident. 
I'm more yeah. confident than I was. And that's just... If you like, asked me two months ago, I didn't think yeah, we were going to be toxic. I thought toxic or maybe conference league or something like that. But I, this Time is... Like, taking top half. <laughs> just, just having... You know, you don't understand, Valer. Having a competent manager is, is <laughs> so nice now. It's so nice. It's like we were talking in our... And this is first was the worst time to start a podcast last year <laughs> yeah, yeah. for Chelsea. You know, we're in the, the toilets, you know. And then, and just we were just like mentioning, well, this is how it would start. And then this person would start. I was like, well, why, is he, why, why, are we, why are we guessing the lineup? This is not how it's supposed to be. We know nothing, right? But it was just terrible. But now having... Uh, Pochettino, I hated him at Spurs. But man, he is a smart tactician. And, and he did a lot with the Spurs team that did not spend the money at yeah. all. He you know, massively overachieved yeah. overachieve with I think, them. I think he's an incredible manager. Uh, do you have any concerns of him not winning trophies? No. Well, no. No. No, I, I don't, don't think. We've already won the Premier League Summer Series, my yeah. friend. We've already, <laughs> my bad, my we've already lifted the trophy, you okay? think you won the big one yeah, with the community? We, we were the Invincibles. We, we won the double already because we won the Emirates Cup and the community. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Let's get stars on the badge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stars on the uh, no, I, 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 I don't think, I think we will probably do well in one of the cups. I don't think it's maybe the FA Cup, or the, but I think that's also based on the draw, right? We drew Man City twice, yeah. both the Carabao Cup yeah, and the yeah. FA Cup last we, year. We, we played got, them in the cup too. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got booted both times. And so I, I think that we will have an expectation to be in the semifinals of one of those cups, or maybe in the finals. But I do think that the pressure on Pochettino, and he admits it, this is Chelsea, he has to win. And I, and I, but I don't think it's going to be the pressure of a manager like it was under Roman. Yeah, when I think now. they're very, very different. Yeah. We, we know quite a bit from the ownership of other sports teams. So Todd Bowley owns the LA Dodgers and a few mm-hmm. of the other teams. And they don't hire and fire a manager. This is why it was very surprising that last year happened the way it did. Yeah. Um, because they their objective is to put someone in situ and keep him there till the cycle ends. And I feel that they... For right or wrong, they want to follow that kind of Arteta model of like investing in the young players, giving him his opportunity to to work with them and improve them. That that's been the that's been the key to success, if you want to call it. Because like United's doing the same thing as well, you know, with with uh, with Ten Hag and kind of giving him a few of the younger players and and signing the players that have experience. They're all in hopes of kind of catching up to City in a more organic way, if you want, but. The way City did it, and I think that's what every team is striving to do, is, yeah, they have the big signings, but they really hit on the lower signings. They hit on Manuel uh, Ikanji. Like, yeah. when City signed Ikanji, we were just, I was like, okay, Even sure. Bernardo Silva. I mean, yeah, they paid a, a, a big price from Monica, but that was a great signing, too. That was yeah. under the radar signing as well. Yeah, well yeah. Nathan Ake. Yeah. Nathan Ake, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's like, it's these players who come in and sort of um maybe no, i don't want to say under the radar because they're being signed for a team that just won the champions league but uh but th- these are the signings that they really hit on that Arte- uh, guardiola was able to improve the- so they took a player in nathaniel ake or 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 uh, uh kanji these are players who are good there's talent there but they took them and made them to that next level yeah. because of everybody who was around them that they paid a shitload of money yeah, for yeah. to be fair you know what i mean so i think that's the idea here for chelsea and for arsenal for united is that we have these sort of uh the, the for arsenal you know the the uh the salibas the the maybe tamiyasus of the world the Alessandro trossards of the world and now we're gonna we're gonna put them next to rice yeah and we're gonna develop them same thing with uh, young uh, academy products like for us emil smith rowe uh, of course bikai osaka these are guys who came from the Arsenal Academy 
but instead of training with fucking Scalacci or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like they, they are true. names. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Him. Yeah, I don't know why he was the first one to find <laughs> my head. So it's a good, good, yeah. good yeah. Or like, like, or like William, you know, or something yeah, yeah. like that. They are actually training with, with, with world-class players. Hungry players. Really hungry I think, players. I think that's the Who way. are young, who are young yeah. and can relate to one another. The manager is young. That's the other thing. The managers have gone younger and younger, I feel like. When you look at Ten Hag, Arteta, and even Pochettino. Pochettino is not very yeah. old. So... The younger the manager, I think the more they can relate to the players because Arteta's career just ended six years ago, maybe, yeah, yeah. as a player. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think there's something to be said there and I think there's something to, to that, that model kind of working out. Um, so I think a lot of teams are trying to follow steps with that. And it's not just, it's not just in the Premier League, sorry. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, Barcelona's kind of doing that with, yeah. with Javi right now. So you heard it, heard it here first, Arsenal and Chelsea both to get relegated this season. <laughs> That's true. I think one, uh, we're probably going to wrap up soon, but one of our last questions I always like to ask, we asked our Man U uh, guest uh, a couple episodes ago, if you could take one player on the Chelsea team and put him in the Arsenal team currently, who would that be? Uh, so we'll do our 1-11 to 11 and yeah. see who you think. So we've got Kepa, uh, Kepa and Gold. No. Yeah. Reese James. Right back. Oh. Thiago Silva. Okay. Levi Colwell. Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. Ferrari. Enzo, the Ferrari. Enzo Fernandez. Conor Gallagher and Cuckoo, Madueke, Nicholas Jackson, or Mudrick, or Mudrick, or Mudrick. <laughs> I would be. I would. Uh, I think. I think it's it's Enzo or Reese James. I think. I, I would. I would hate for. I would hate for our right backs to. I think we're more secure in terms of fullbacks. So I. I will just commit to Enzo because I think we need some help in midfield, um, and Enzo would. F- I like I have a spot for him for Arsenal. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if I yeah. was in for Arsenal, take Declan Rice. We need a defensive mid. Yeah, yeah. Rice would be my first. The first. You know. That, that or Timber. Well, Saka, I like Timber. Saka, I like Saka, Timber also. Saka. He's a great player. I'd say Rice or Timber for me. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our exciting episode: Chelsea against the world against Arsenal. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Valer, again. Um, again, for all of us, all you listeners out there, please follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at CATW Podcast. That's CATW Podcast. And again, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on any future content material, please email us at podcastcatw at gmail.com, podcastcatw at gmail.com. Yeah, just to echo Manny's sentiments, thank you so much to Valer for coming on. It's been really, really fun. Never never had that much of a fun conversation with an Arsenal supporter <laughs> before. So, yeah, I really appreciate your time. And, it's, yeah, it's been good fun. So, you give you opportunity to tell everyone about what you do. Yeah, yeah. Which camera is mine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, th- thank you guys for having me. We really had a good conversation. I, it's weird because I've... Uh, I've talked about Nashville SC on mic for four years now, but I never talk about Arsenal on mic. I just talk at the pub. So I've had to like, um, I've had to uh, calm myself down a little bit. <laughs> I think uh, just being on mic. But uh, yeah, you can follow me at Valer Shabella. If you don't know how to spell that, that is okay. Like just do your best and I usually pop up. I'm the bald guy with a beard, Valer Shabella, at Valer Shabella on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you care about Nashville SC. From there, you can see all my podcasts and all that. So I, I, I won't like bombard you with a bunch of links. But most importantly, follow Kicking a 615 because that's the cause that has nothing to do with Arsenal Chelsea. It's about kids playing soccer. So please follow Kicking a 615 at Kicking a 615 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and ki615.org. We're looking for volunteers. We're looking for donations. We're looking for sponsors if you have a business. This money goes straight to the kids and make sure that kids in Nashville get to play soccer free of charge, organized soccer, kids who can't afford soccer. So help us there. That's more important than following me, but you can also follow me if you would like. 
Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, echo all of that. Um, thank you so much for listening in and we'll see you uh, with a season preview next week for the start of the Premier League season. So keep the faith. Come on, Chelsea. Let's get Arsenal relegated this year. See you later. Bye. <laughs>